Hi and welcome to this week's Three Legs, Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with... Sean. Chris. Lee. You're back from the pub then? Well, that's, yes. That's why you were last time we did a show. <laughs> yeah, so I was just catching up catching up with my, my past then. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. I, I went for drinks with my dad for his birthday. I got really drunk and regretted all my life choices. The next day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of felt... Like... being self-employed though, yeah? Well, not really. I mean, I was at work, so it's, uh, at, at that point, it didn't matter. It didn't matter whether I was working for myself or fucking Hitler. I had to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of, kind of felt like that this morning. There was a lot of drinking at Dan's wedding reception last night. You, you, you surprised me. <laughs> I mean, I, I had a bottle of whiskey confiscated from me. Oh, they hid it behind the bar and wouldn't let me have it until um, until we were all going home. Yeah. And there was way too many cocktails, and I got introduced to the concept of journey juice, which is one last one last cocktail in a plastic glass for the bus ride home. <laughs> Who introduced this concept to you? A maid um, of honour, I think, was the uh... yes, yeah, maid, maid of dishonour. Judging by the way she was making everyone do shots. <laughs> But uh, yes, it was a fun day. Congratulations to uh, Dan and Becky. After um, absolutely two years, two years and three attempts, they have finally managed to get married. Mm-hmm. And um, just a quick, I should probably won't be listening, but a quick happy birthday to my mum as well. A happy birthday, happy birthday, birthday Paul's mum. And she won't appreciate me saying this, but it is her eightieth today. Wow! I mean, she's milestone. She's really only seventy-two. She's just had eighty birthdays because she's greedy. Oh, okay. No, she's no, just no, she is eighty. <laughs> Um, I've just looked at. I've got Twitter open on a separate page. And sorry, this is it's completely unrelated. unrelated but it's it shocked me so much. I need to I need to point it out. Uh, and there's been a crash at the in the, like the velodrome. I take oh, it. So, yeah, look, it's oh yeah, it's yeah. Yes, my word. That's yeah. like it's it's an indie car crash. Yep. on bikes. Yes, yes, yes. Bits of cyclist ended up in the crowd. Ah. Funnily enough, well, <clears throat> while we're recording tonight, we're doing it on a Sunday for once. We've actually got the NASCAR on just to see if um, Danny Kvyat manages to wipe out the entire field. Just to see if they can beat that crash. <laughs> no, it, it'll happen. I mean, it's it's NASCAR and it's Danny Kvyat. You know, what what, what do you expect? Mm. Was, was Kvyat particularly uh, crashy? The torpedo. Got nicknamed the torpedo, didn't he? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, Vettel yeah, no, <laughs> claimed he hit him twice in that Russian Grand Prix. Yeah, that was it. He kept finding Vettel, didn't he? I um, I fucking he he's just he's just had he had such a like nondescript fucking Formula One career, didn't he? He just made way for Max Verstappen. Yeah, <laughs> that appears to be what he's doing in NASCAR as well. Anyway, Formula One, the um, the other motorsport that we're talking about. Um, we'll do the Hungarian Grand Prix review shortly, but um. We had some Thursday news last week, which was a sod because we recorded the podcast on Wednesday. Um, Sebastian Vettel is calling it a day at the end of the season. Mm. Yes. Did you see? Sorry, go on. I was going to say, he said said it's been on his mind for quite some time. Probably since about 2018, when he hit the wall in Germany. Mm. And um, yeah, the, um, the retirement announcement, I think you were just about to say, Chris. 
No, we, the retirement announcement came on, on social media, didn't it? Because it was famously Sebastian Vettel never had any social media. Uh, he appears to have appeared on social media purely just to announce his retirement. Mm. Um, it's, it's, the kind, it's the way that a lot of people do things these, uh, these days. You know, of course, you know, uh, signing up to... I saw a couple of people saying that signing up to uh, um, social media can only mean one thing, retirement. And mm. that's exactly what it meant. Um, it's, did, did anybody see Danny Kvyat's response on social media to uh, Sebastian Vettel's retirement? No. I did not. No. I mean, this is Vettel's uh, first retirement in a long time that Kvyat hasn't caused. <laughs> yeah, he said, uh, enjoy, what was it? Enjoy the longer, uh, the longer way around in life uh, with a picture of Vettel going around the outside and then, and then responded to his own tweet with a picture of the torpedo moment saying, but don't break too early. <laughs> That's incredible. Ah, oh. <laughs> what a guy! Give him a drive. Yeah. See if I can find the actual thing because I, I may have not, I may have not got that exactly correct, but it was all along those lines anyway. <laughs> uh, so, did, did anyone write? I, I mean, I realise this is it's a, it's a very touching moment, and someone that's been in the sport, someone that's been very successful, you know, and at one point looked like the guy that might be the one to break. Schumacher's records. Um, did anyone find his retirement speech a bit cringy and self-obsessed? At the start, I thought I did wonder if he was like being held hostage. It had it's it had a sort of odd yeah vibe well, to well, it. Well, you, to me, it had all the energy of that video Total Wolf put out. Remember the one where he's in a black turtleneck with a with a concrete background. <laughs> Well, that was on Netflix. It was on, that, it that was, on that Drive was, to Survive. That was the it? end of Drive to Survive. Everyone has a target. <laughs> oh, was that it? I thought yeah. I thought there was a separate one he put out as well. Oh, he may very well have done. I, yeah, I thought there was a separate <clears throat> one before the Drive to Survive thing. But yeah, I find it all very weird. I, 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 I like, I'm sad to see Vettel go because I quite like the, the Vettel as a person on the grid. He's, he, you know, he's, he's good, but I, I can't quite understand this, the way social media's treated it, because... Yeah, you know, it's everyone on like Formula One, Twitter, and Instagram and stuff like that are pretending like they haven't called him shit for the past five years. I wouldn't say shit is is fair, but no, no, um, no. I'm I'm just saying how social media have treated him for the last five yeah, years as a whole, perhaps. But Sebastian Vettel's got a lot of fans, a lot of fans who who want him to do, mm. you know, to stay and maybe win a fifth world championship. Unfortunately, F1 Twitter, but, or as I would call it, Simp Central, is. Um, has been fairly fucking nonplussed about Sebastian Vettel until he retired. Well, I see nothing but the sort of Seb is our king tweets. Not now. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but I no, haven't sort seen of like in the last for a while ah. when he's doing like lazy spins in Ferraris. Ah, see, now that's all I've seen for the last couple of years of him when he's doing his like whatever yeah, it is Seb's he does. Got quite... Seb's got quite a strong following, so I think that's where that outpourings come from. But I'm it's, uh... sure. I mean, you are the king of doom scrolling, Lee. Let's face it. No, no, not really. <laughs> I try and stay away from it, to be honest. Like I, the, I'm, I, I'm, I'm knocking down my social media use. I fucking can't, can't be doing with it, to be honest. But um, yeah, I just find it all weird. Like even even the, the the fact that. When when people are talking about the talking about him retiring, the it's the same with Daniel Ricciardo right now. Like Daniel Ricciardo, everyone's being quite rightly critical about, but he's just doing the same thing that 
uh, Sebastian Vettel did. You know, he, he, but but he's in the the falling apart stage of the of the Sebastian Vettel way out of Formula One at the moment. Um, it just strikes me as weird that everyone's saying, "Oh, well, he probably wants to spend time with his family." And, you know, he's got other things on, on his mind. He wants to, maybe he'll get into politics. Maybe he wants to do, like, the, the green thing and he thinks it might be weird and being a Formula One driver and doing those things. You go, fuck off. If he was competitive, he wouldn't be retiring. Yeah, no, if he, that's, that's part of it. Of course it is. Um, and you, can, you can't say that, that it isn't. Um, but even in his retirement speech where he says, uh, you know, the... the um, he has other things to focus on now and the, the amount of focus and commitment that you've got to give, mm. uh, he doesn't think he can, he can give that now. So it's, it's unfair for him to stay in the sport, which is admirable. Um, I, 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 I think I just don't believe it. I think that's my thing. You don't believe what? That he's got other focuses? No, no, I think he's got other focuses, but I don't believe that's the reason he's leaving. I think he's, he's, he's leaving because this year in these new cars was the last gasp effort to see if Formula One would come back to him. Because well, he that, much said that, though, didn't he? Yeah, no, but... Years the, ago. But, um... I mean, the fact that he's been given a he car hasn't that been he's... competitive since... He hasn't been competitive since the blown diffuser sort of went. You know, that era of Formula One was, like I say, sometimes, it, like, Formula One comes to certain drivers, and that era came to Sebastian Vettel and then some... Yeah, but I mean, it's not helped that he's been given a car this year that appears to be faster going sideways than it does going forwards. No, but he's been matched by uh, uh, Lance Stroll. Yep, he has been. Um, who so is who is quite who is quite good at going sideways? Yeah, but th- this is this is the thing. It's not like the we, he hasn't he hasn't got the benchmark. You know, if 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 he had a decent teammate next to him, he would be being destroyed. And that goes for what? If you take, if if you say, if he had a different teammate that wasn't Lance Stroll, so if you take out Mick Schumacher and uh, Latifi, I'd say the rest of the grid would be destroying him in the same car because the, the, there's only two drivers worse than Lance Stroll. And maybe Sonoda. Maybe Sonoda on a bad day. I might be. I I would put Mick Schumacher above Lance Stroll. Yeah, I would at the moment. Depends on the day. I think depends depends on the day. I, I, to be perfectly honest, I don't think there's a lot. There's much between them. I think this comes back to it, though. I think mentally, he. I think mentally, Sebastian has just kind of not not that he's checked out, but he's not a hundred percent there. So um, it's the right decision. I think it must be hard. It must be hard when you've when you've done what he's done, winning. Did did he win the most races in a year at one point? His joint win won the most races in a year really? with uh, Schumacher and Hamilton, I think. Yeah. But, but I think all of them have won thirteen races in a year. And then, uh, and then, then you're 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 on a streak of like trying to get out of Q one. It can't be. It can't be fun. Max might break that this year as well because I think what, what was today like? I think today was eight. eighth win. Yeah. yeah, eighth win of the season. So another mm. five in the last what nine races? Totally, totally doable. Match I'm gutted I didn't bet on him today. I, I, I even looked at it. I even had my mouse hovering over it because I'm sure it was like twelve to one. Ooh, mm, that would have been uh, that would have been good. Mm. Wish I'd known about that as well. Holiday spends. Yeah, it would have been a ten a bet as well. That's what that's what really really annoys me about it. <clears throat> yeah, but Sod's Law says if you'd have put the bet on, then you wouldn't have won. 
Well, that's it. I didn't bet on anybody this week this weekend because I had that whole thing of like could be just because I wanted um, I, I, I wanted George to do well. I just couldn't bring myself to bet for or against him. Mm. Mm. Should we go? Should we go through the race? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. We have things to do. Um, starting out, but this is going to sound very similar to last week, just with um, different corners slightly named. Different. Yeah. Well, um, the, well, the first team have moved slightly, but others haven't really. Mm. So we've, uh, we've got Williams, Latifi in eighteenth, Alban in seventeenth. Both apparently carrying damage all the way through the race. Alban had to change a wing after um, after a first lap collision. Uh, Latifi was carrying damage all the way through, and that's why he wasn't competitive. But I did notice that... Yeah, La- that's why. But I did notice that um, Latifi's fastest lap was half a second quicker than Alban's fastest lap. So maybe a little bit of extra damage for Albon, or do we think Albon has had an off day... When both cars were damaged. It's hard to tell. Both mm. cars were damaged then. Traffic as well yeah. towards the end if you're getting blue flagged mm. a lot. And I mean one one thing that was uh one thing that was very common today was just t- non stop tire problems for everyone. The hards weren't getting Especially Go on. Yeah, the hards weren't getting up to temperature. I mean we'll get we'll get to the quality tire cock up later on. <laughs> but the hards weren't getting up to temperature and the um softs and mediums were suffering from degradation quicker than they thought they were gonna. I yeah, hung, kind hung... of related to Williams, but Yuki Tsunoda was the only driver to finish behind them, and it, he did that spectacular spin and flat spotted his brand new soft tyres. That's why he finished two laps down. Yeah, I mean there was there was some yeah. tyre abuse, but I think mostly it's it was a green track, wasn't it? There wasn't any rubber, which will be why your softer compounds were getting shredded. But with the hards, because I think it was cooler than normal. Hungary's normally quite hot. Mm. With it being rainy, there just wasn't the temperature for them no it was um it was a difficult one but good to see pirelli isn't getting slagged off for mm. once or not that i've seen mm. there's not... been a lack of tire like talk about tire manufacturers that feels like something that must have been discussed behind closed doors we are with the drivers and teams mm. yeah no, no, I think but, it means no pirelli are doing a good job as well these new tires on the new rims maybe yeah i hope so because it got boring, didn't it? Just having every every team boss just slate the tyre manufacturer. I think we're seeing lots of different strategy as well this year. Not everyone's going for the same two-stop or one-stop. It's There's a bit of a mix, which is nice. Yeah. And then there's Ferrari, but we'll deal with that later. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we will. Yes, that's the, um, that's the bit that's going to have the, uh, the most fun. Right, uh, next up, Haas. K-Mag in 16th and Mick in 14th. I uh, could not tell you a single thing about Mick Schumacher's race. No. Giovinazzi participation. <laughs> yeah. Domination. Yeah, I, I, I think he, he's definitely up for the participation award. Um, K-Mag, front wing damage early on. Um, had a Danish meatball rather than a Swedish meatball. When he actually, meatball. yeah, um, yeah, he got flagged. The, the black and orange flag. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they call it they call it the meatball because it's a orange dot on a black background. Yeah. So um, yeah, he got called into the pits for uh, for a new front wing because bits bits of it were still sort of falling off all over. Incidentally, the place. if your meatballs are being served with a black background, you probably want to send them back. Hmm. Yeah, S- squid ink pasta. So, <laughs> so did Magnuson put the um, 
put the hards on at that stop because I seem to remember he he just fell, even though he was right at the back anyway, he didn't make any places up really apart from getting in front of the two injured Williamses. Um, yeah, it was, let me, let me bring up the tyre use because I've got it on here. Um, yeah, he did mediums for six laps and then a 29-lap run on the hards after he got called into the pits. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, they really didn't didn't work for him. Although it did look like when he was pitting, he was pitting with a couple of laps left under the um, under the BSC at the end, we were all saying, is he going to go for fastest lap? <laughs> <laughs> and then it started raining and the track got damp, so he couldn't. Yeah. Because they turned DRS off. But yeah, there the, the could there could have been um, there could have been some extra excitement there, so a K Mag fast lap. I think it was probably more a case that he had a forty second gap behind him, so they had a free pit stop anyway. And if it does start mm. raining, you want to be on newer tyres if you can. He was out of the top ten anyway, wasn't he? Oh yeah, he wouldn't have got the point, oh, but yeah, he'd have totally. taken it off someone else just for shits and giggles. Which I think <laughs> I think he might actually still be only the driver, who, the only driver who has got a fastest lap outside the top ten since it came in. I think. Yeah, it was in Singapore. I think so. Yes. Mm. Yeah, Singapore. I think he got the fastest lap, um, and uh, I th- I, was that a, it? May have been a lap, re- a race lap record that he still holds. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Because we haven't been to Singapore since pre-COVID. But I'll, I'll have a quick look at that whilst everybody else talks about something else. Um, quietly, so he's quietly doing a really good job, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, on his return to Formula 1. I, I feel if he was in a... Um, if he was in a slightly better car, or sorry, a slightly more consistent car, maybe, is probably the better word, mm. um, he'd be in that, that area of... Um, that Sergio Perez used to occupy, you know, the... Uh, when the, the sort of the best of the look, rest, yeah. If teams, if teams have a driver leave, like Sebastian Vettel, for instance, um, who's going to replace them? Like, I think Kevin Magnussen would be on the list if the car was giving him the results that he, I think <coughs> mm. his driving deserves. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know we've, um, I know we've given him plenty of grief in the past, mm. but... and, and deservedly so. In, yeah, I mean, uh, how many like times did he drive into his teammate? <laughs> Yeah. And how many times did he fox smash people's doors? That that is true. <laughs> Although the driving Kevin Magnus, the driving into the sorry. teammates, it does take it does take two to tango. And Grosjean was good at that all the way through his career as well. Yeah. Oh, and, yes. And we have like, we, we we have like a control now, don't we? We've removed one element from the situation, and one <laughs> of them isn't crashing, and one still is. Talk, uh, talking of which, there's a bit of a pile up in the NASCAR. Then again, it's NASCAR. Kevin Magnussen does hold the lap record. That's the <laughs> Marina Bay Street Circuit race lap record. That's crazy. That is slightly mad. Maybe he's going to try and b- try and break it this year. Maybe, maybe that last pit stop was just for uh, for practice. Well, when we get to Singapore in uh, a couple of months' time, you never know. Right, where next? Um, Alfa Romeo. Um, Bottas anonymously DNF'd. Well, no, he was not. They were both fairly anonymous throughout the whole mm-hmm. race. I was going to tell Bottas was Bottas stopped, mm. and I was going to say Zhou uh, Guan Yu anonymously got thirteenth. Uh, we didn't see. Uh, well, we saw a little bit of them, I think, when he was when he was um, getting lapped. But apart from that, I don't think we saw Guan Yu Zhou at all. 
No, um, no. I don't think I don't think he actually did anything notable. I don't think he. Yeah, he just drove the car. It was well, fine. the race director, whoever was not the race director, but the TV director, mm-hmm. clearly drunk, um, <laughs> cutting away from <laughs> cutting away from fights to just watch somebody who was just pootling around by themselves. Just like, what, what are you doing? We want to see what happened. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've just I've got the um, I've got the press release from um, Alfa Romeo up, and the, it, it, they don't even say a great deal in that. It was it was tricky, um, according to Bottas and according to Grand Ujar, conditions today weren't a threat; they were a bit mixed. Okay, I mean we weren't asking him for the weather forecast, so. <laughs> Yeah, um, still room for improvement. We keep pushing, yada yada yada. Um, investigating why Bottas had to um, had to retire. Yeah, um, Summerton, Summerton out. You know, it, it, it's a waste of blank space, basically. <laughs> Which is probably a very sober thing to do. Because when the when there were the um, blue and gold sauber, mm-hmm. when, back in the days of them being anonymous, they were definitely a waste of blank space. D- deliberately anonymous. Yeah. Uh, right, Aston Martin. Um, Vettel was allowed the tenth place this week <laughs> with Stroll in eleventh. Um, that was Had a- quite the, the excursions as well, didn't he, Vettel this weekend? Like there was, but he, he was bumped into. He, like there, there was a few times he was off off the track and. I'm glad he got a point. Was that a team orders letting him through? Yeah, it was, yeah. It looked like it. I don't think we heard the radio call, but it looked... It was a definite switch. Yeah, oh, um, according to Vettel, uh, the team switched cars because I had a better opportunity to catch Ocon, but then the virtual safety car came out. Okay, fair enough. Um, According to Vettel, he was just one corner away from making a move, which, unfortunately, that would have been... (laughs) Turn one on the next lap, the first one after the checkered flag. Oh, that was a shame. They both had sort of slightly, not necessarily messy on their part, just like Stroll, I think, got bumped into a couple of times as well, didn't he? He had the... Mm. He had the coming together with... part of the first lap with Albon, was it? It was Albon, yeah, and Mm. I think Ricardo. There was the Ricardo one as well. With Ricardo. That Ricardo got the penalty for. Mm. Of course, yeah. But yeah, I mean Aston Martin, lowest scoring points team again. Um, given what the teams behind them were like today, I think that's probably about right. I did miss Alpha Tori out. Oh God, they were anonymous. I don't know. Sonoda yeah. did some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to bring a full safety car at one point because I thought when he'd spun it, he'd stalled it. You know, when the mm. the camera went straight to him. And he was blocking the entire track. I thought he was going to take um, whichever Red Bull went past him out. He started moving just as this Red Bull was coming around. I was like, oh, you're going to get yourself fired. What are you doing? Um, mm. I think, yeah, managed managed not to. It's strange, isn't it? The um, you, you know, when, you, when you think of countries with like real robust like motor racing form, especially single-seater formulas, you know, Japan is right up there. You know, with with, in, with single seater with single seater series, it's really weird how they can't make a driver. <laughs> they do. They make lots of fast drivers, just that th- they're not always the cleanest or, or consistent. <laughs> oh, Kumasato was consistently quick 
off the track. <laughs> still is, still is in IndyCar. Still, you don't want to get in his way when he's having one of his days. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. in IndyCar, not to call him the animal. I think so. Maybe, yes. Yeah. Maybe I should. Um, maybe I should uh, change that slightly and say they can't seem to make a Formula One driver. That's probably a better way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, I think Alpha Tauri, um, they, they basically admitted uh, the upgrades that they brought, they don't know how they work. Mm. Then they're not really upgrades, are they, if they're not actually improving the yeah, situation? Yeah, grades, at best. Mm. I mean, yeah. you know, Gasly had a good run. He started from the pit lane because uh, of the engine change and managed to get himself up to 12th. So yeah, you know, that, that had, went well. Yeah, I mean, he had he had some okay pace, but um, still finished behind both Aston Martins. Did he start from the back in France as well? Do you know what I think he did? He did, didn't he? Yeah, he also finished twelfth in France, so two um, two twelfth places in a row from the back, kind of you know putting putting that car exactly where it should be. I think um, maybe doing a better job, but. The, the, the amazing Pierre Gasly, I get, I get the feeling, isn't given a chance to shine at the moment because he's not uh, either. Either something breaks down, or, or you know, the, the, the car isn't quite as good. I think the Alpha Tauri, along with the Aston Martins, probably the, they're the two cars that are sliding backwards, aren't they, pretty quickly? Mm-hmm. And and cars that should be further up, given the resources they've got. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, say sister team to. Red Bull, they don't have access to absolutely everything, but yeah, you'd expect them to do a little more than what they are doing, but it's the way that it is. Yeah, it's a shame for um, Gasly because I feel all the rebuilding he did last year, you feel it's that shine is slowly being taken off him and it's not really his fault. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> at the moment, he's driving something which um, has a tendency to be a little bit on the clunky side. The the car seems very temperamental, aero-wise. Yeah, just, I, I don't know. It, it just seems uncompetitive, like, consistently, apart from, like, the... It'll, it'll have peaks like that where it just seems to come alive, ma- mainly in qualifying, mm. and then just disappears off again to... I think it's it's probably it's obviously a downforce thing, isn't it? If you if you come to the Hungara ring and you you really perform badly, it shows there's a there's like a downforce deficiency. Yeah, I mean, I, I reckon you know I reckon we'll see a better certainly a better showing from him in the, um, in the first two races after the summer break because that's all about the power. Mm. So yeah. you know they've got they've got a good chance to um, to bounce back in Belgium and Monza. But yeah, depending on what the weather's like in Belgium, of course, very true. You know, mm. are, you know, are we going to get a Belgian Grand Prix this year for possibly one last time? But we'll talk about that in a few weeks. I don't say one last time. It's fucking horrible. The the idea of not having Belgium on the Formula One calendar is fucking sickening. Yeah, well, they missed it out, didn't they, a few years ago? Mm. Uh, for a couple of years, two or three years, I think they missed it out for, and then they, then they brought it back. It was supposed to be was it supposed to be alternating with Magni Core when they brought it back? Then Magni Core were like. Oh yeah, we got no money, so Spa ended up with the contract again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's talk, there's talk about alternating with uh, with Paul Ricard in the future, but ugh, who knows? Mm, I get it. I mean, I I get why Formula One wants something different because anyone that's been to Spa, it's it feels dated when you're going around. You know, the 
and the facilities aren't great and it's it's not a um you know they're like the family atmosphere they wanted to create for, for formula one like that sort of bring everybody it's it's fucking great it's you, you can bring your kids it's not ideal when you've got to walk like four miles to get to the circuit because you've got to abandon your car in a small in a small village and then trek through a forest going i think turn tens this way um you know it, it's not it's not like other circuits yeah mm. yeah i mean they managed to sort silverstone out so maybe that could um that could be a thing for spa in the future yeah. Because you know the, the amount the amount of slatings that Silverstone's taken over the years, and they they actually did something about it, and mm-hmm. now everyone's saying it's back to being one of the highlights on the calendar for fans. Yeah, well, I mean, we've we've been in the facilities that at Silverstone, you know, and in that wing complex, it's pretty fucking cool. Except for all the static shocks I was getting off the doors. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Yeah. That is. That, that did seem to be a you problem. That, though, that I'm not. thinking, speaks to the quality of the shoe you might have been wearing on the occasion. <laughs> there, there, is, there is every um, every possible chance. <laughs> Were you wearing nylon socks, Paul? I was, I, yeah, I, I was wearing plastic-soled shoes, nylon socks, and I had to practice my moonwalking during that. Yeah, day. And, a, and, yeah, and a jumper as well. Yeah. yeah. There were some temporary carpet tiles down as well, were there? Yeah, yeah and I'd, I'd spent the previous three hours nuzzling some balloons. He was literally, all, all he needed was some sort of storage sound. He was technically a Tesla product. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, where are we next? Um, Alpine, Ocon in ninth, Alonso in eighth. And according to Alonso, off the start, he'd never seen defending like that before in his life. I don't think Just it was a compliment it. either, was it? No, I don't know. <laughs> Just watch uh, the, the the side by side onboards as we were having this discussion. A little and naughty, isn't it? It's not far away from when um, uh, Bar- uh, Schumacher tried to put Barrichello in the wall when yeah. it was he was in Mercedes and Barrichello was in Williams. And uh, Barrichello's, uh, I think Barrichello just forced his way through, didn't he? If I remember rightly. Yeah. And uh, he said for some reason he wanted to put us in heaven, I think was the, uh, <laughs> what Barrichello said. Um, yeah. I, do you know what I did think? What, uh, and don't get me wrong, I don't, it, this isn't just my rampant fucking... Um, Alonso uh, love? Alonso love. Fernandophilia. Yeah, yeah, oh, it, nice. it, it, that's fucking old, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> the uh, but uh, I, when I was watching that race, I, I can't think of any other teammates or any sorry any other driver with their teammate, um, especially get, especially drivers that aren't necessarily fighting for anything apart from. You know, trying to maximise what the team can do because the car isn't really there. Uh, the amount of times you see Ocon like hemorrhaging race pace for both cars is—it's pretty fucking crazy. It's not the first time we've seen it with Ocon either, is it? No. I mean, him and Perez just seem to find each other continually. Oh, that t- that time when they tried to put each other into the wall on the run down to Eau Rouge. Uh huh. Mm. The other thing I'd say is that the Alpine. Um, if Fernando seemed like the the quicker driver as well when they, when that tussle was going on between them, um, if Alpine had done something about that, Fernando would have got Norris 
I think I think that Fernando probably had the pace to get to get Norris. Maybe, but then Alpine did strategize himself out of the race quite early on by trying the hard tires. Yeah, that didn't. Well, they, 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 see, that's the weird thing as well, wasn't it? Because they did they did that with Ocon first, didn't they? And then still did it with Fernando, which I found weird. Yeah, it's only a couple of laps later, though. I think mm. was it, it? it I, wasn't. I, I don't think it was long there. enough. I don't think it was a long enough gap for them to go. Actually, no, that's not working. Let's not do that. Right. Okay. Yeah. So sorry, um, <laughs> accountant Steve is just trying to call. Oh. <laughs> Hope it's not a crisis. We're going meant to be going on holiday with uh, with him tomorrow. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, Alpine now up to now up to fourth, consolidated fourth in the championship. And is it is that all Danny Rick's doing? Yeah, well, got got to be. Really. Today it was because at one point both McLarens were ahead of both Alpines. Yeah, for but the briefest found... moment, for the briefest moment when he did that double overtake, it's like, oh, here comes Danny Rick, he's back. Yeah, and then, then put the hard tyres on Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, has a silly... He really went backwards. Yeah, has a silly... He also got that fat... Sorry. I was going to say, yeah, has that silly moment with Stroll and... Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I that, that, that put him in, into some pretty bad traffic on his exit and mm-hmm. then he... 15th is not where a McLaren that's clearly had some decent upgrades should be finishing. Uh, this is, the other thing to bring into uh, here is that there was a video um, that the race did about about Fernando and the like the bad luck he's had through the season. And if you break the results down, he's realistically lost fifty points through uh, like car breakdowns, Schumacher going into the side of him. You know, the, like he's just had no luck so Alpine should be like 50 points up the road as well I mean what um, where would that put them in the put them in the standings relative to uh, everybody else around them mm. um, just a lot further clear of McLaren because next up is Mercedes on 304 points and Alpine are on 99 yeah. it was yeah. quite it, funny it's a big it, difference yeah it was quite funny because the uh they kept they kept playing clips because they they were essentially Fernando said how many points he'd lost, um, but in triple in typical Fernando fashion, over the uh, over like four interviews, he was in an interview going yeah I probably lost about forty points. Then the next interviewer said yeah something like fifty five points. And by the time <laughs> the interviews by the time the interviews finished it was like. Yeah, there's probably been like 70 points up for grabs. It's <laughs> have... like with each interview, he stewed a little bit more. It was like, I can't know yeah. that one as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so, should, yeah. I should actually be leading the championship. Yeah, so the, so the video was there, there to sort of play. But how many points did Fernando actually lose? And it was a chunk, but it wasn't 70. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's moved, he's moved himself um, clear of K-Mag now in 10th place in the um, in the Drivers' Championship. And how have we got back to talking about Alonso when we were slagging Danny Rick off? Um, All roads lead to Alonso. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Ricardo's main problem in this race was... Uh, Ricardo. No, it was a contact with Stroll, which I, I thought was a bit 50-50, but they gave Daniel Ricardo the penalty because he had all the room on the inside. And yeah. also uh, the hard tyres after the penalty just... Yeah, he just fell back. It was bad luck, but mm-hmm. at the same time, 
you do make your own look. So if he was having a better time in that car, he maybe wouldn't have fallen as far back as he did. I the only thing I'd say which I'm not happy about that penalty was it was yet more uh, in inconsistency in rulings because the way the new rules or or the way they've they sort of dictated the rules of engagement if you remember the like people were saying that it's not good they didn't like how they how they dictated it because it essentially led to drivers just throwing dive bombs up the inside and as long as you had a significant part of your car up the inside, then it didn't matter. You know, you'd you'd you, you'd won enough room to make um, to make the corner, and that's when you were getting people just you know just driving people off the circuit and running mm. them out because all the onus was put on the outside driver to like to yield essentially. So they've got they've, again. They've gone against their own rules because by well, that no, rule... well, no, but no, because I've got the uh, I've got the FIA document up, and Ricardo got the penalty because um, he locked up going into it, so he wasn't in full control of the car when the contact was made. Right. Okay. Mm. Unsure. I'm unsure. This this is the thing. The whole the whole rule system in Formula One at the minute feels a bit fucked, doesn't it? Yeah, but it always has. Yeah, but I don't more, know. I mean, more it was... so. But um, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Gives, yeah. As long the... as they give like a like a like a a reason for why they've made that decision, then I'm all right with it. Because if yeah. I if I if I thought if I felt strongly enough about it that I would argue with it, I've always said that arguing with you know, the rule makers in a sport always makes um, the sport the sport uglier. It doesn't make it doesn't never reflects well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on, yeah, on the sport when you when you argue with the with the rule makers, um, it does feel more of a racing incident, though, doesn't it? Even if it's a bit of because it, it looked right, like it to me. Yeah, did what, Stroll take any, any damage? I don't think so. No, watching it live, I didn't particularly notice a lockup. Did did Stroll have a bit of a spin or something? Did um, he yeah, Stroll yeah. Stroll spun after it, but um, oh, yeah, um, the stewards reviewed the video evidence and decided that Ricardo was um, wholly to blame for it because of the lockup. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, well. It is done. Yeah. And that's another bad week for Danny Rick that um, that can cross off. But he's he's got the backing of the team for next season. Yeah. More more double overtakes, less driving into stroll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yes. feel uh, I've changed my opinion on what's going to happen with him next year as well. I think he's, gonna, he's still going to be in McLaren because they, McLaren seem to be have been talking back the idea he's going anywhere. The... The, the the talk is that the contract is completely in Danny Rick's favour, so I f- feel that Ricardo's kind of just said to them like I don't want to leave Formula One, I don't want to retire. There's nowhere for me to go. You're honouring my contract, unless Aston Martin come for him. Maybe. I don't think they will. For what it's worth, I don't mm. think they will. But... No, we, we can we can do some silly season speculation yes. in a bit. If, uh, Excellent. Because um, we, uh, it now... is an opportunity to talk about uh, Fernando Alonso again, though, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> he, can't, he can't drive all the cars Lee as much as you would like it to be that he is in every car and he gets close have you not seen his have you not seen his fucking karting academy Formula <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I mean he, he did want to call it Fernando Alonso racing team at one point until somebody pointed uh, that out yeah no no <laughs> <laughs> um, let's do the uh, let's do the other side of the McLaren garage though because it was another another decent shine for Lando 
Yeah, decent-ish until he was also put on the hard tyres. Mm. But by the time they did that to him, he had a comfortable cushion back to the Alpines, so he was able to just sort of manage that. Yeah, but anonymous, wasn't, to go wasn't any it? Further forward. Good, great qualifying. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of what you expect from from a, a British driver on a slippery circuit. So, um, yeah, great qualifying to get it to fourth. I was kind of hoping he might be able to snatch a podium, but let's be honest, all all the cars behind him were not all of them, but but some of the cars behind him were noticeably faster than him. Mm. So he had a hard job holding on to that fourth place. Um, I think it was the same for George Russell as well. He had some very fast cars behind him. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I don't think it's a it's a it's a poor result for for Lando finishing where he did. I just think it's a little bit of strategy, a little bit of uh, I, again. I think they did have a little bit of bad luck, but when you look at the cars that finished in the top six. You know, seventh is about all the best you could have done today. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the top the top six was filled with the usual suspects. I think the problem with any result McLaren can do right now is it's always going to feel a little bit disappointing because of where they look like they should have been this year. You know, it's it, it, when we were doing like our preseason podcasts, like looking at testing times. We were oh, sorry, the first test. Um, we were calling McLaren and Ferrari as the teams to beat, you know. And now, it, yeah, it did it, look you, that way. Yeah, you feel now that the, all the work they did last year and the year before that, this slow, slow build McLaren have been on, they've kind of been knocked back at, at least a year. Yeah, I think. I mean, obviously one of the main struggles is not having two drivers that can fully get to grips with and understand the car. And that's yeah. going to be hurting them in development as well. Oh, absolutely. Because well, they've, they changed their, they've changed their philosophy slightly as well, haven't they? Mm. Um, they've changed their philosophy to follow the um, follow the Red Bull style side pods, mm. um, which they brought in. Was that, did they bring those in in France? So. Yes, it was. So, it was. Um, it was a whole new side assembly in uh, in France. Yeah. So there's a, they have had huge upgrades, which they still need to get used to. Uh, when a switch in philosophy is not easy to do mid season. No, I'm going to try and get Scarbs on during the uh, during the summer break so that he can explain um, who's done what, why they've done it, and ha- has it actually worked. Mm. That'd be great. So that'd be good. Um, right now, for non-Patreon listeners, though, I think it's time for a jump cut. And for Patreon listeners, again, it's why they're talking about jump cuts when they're not doing one. Just want to quickly talk about um, somebody who we're partnering with at the minute. Um, it's a product that I've actually started using every day, um, AG1. And I started taking it basically because I was looking for um, sort of slightly better gut health because it's something that everyone struggled with from time to time, and I just thought, I'm, uh, I'm going to give this a go, and I didn't want to be taking loads of different supplements every day. So with this, um, it's just one scoop in uh, a cup of water, and you're getting 75 different high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and something called adaptogens, which apparently, I don't know, judging by the word, I've never heard of it before, but they can adapt your gins. And we all need our gins adapting. Um, it's something good to take in the morning because it gets, sort of kicks you off a little bit during the day, and um, does tend to uh, does tend to wake you up a bit without um, without going for excess caffeine. 
Um, good thing about it is it's lifestyle friendly. So whatever diet you're on at the moment, there's a lot of those keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, minerals only, God knows what. It fits in with every kind of diet and it's not chock full of sugar. So that actually works um, works quite well. They describe it as a micro habit with big benefits. I've never come across a micro habit before, but yeah, it's like you get into the habit of um, taking it every morning, and um, it's one thing that you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And the good thing is, it's actually cheaper than going out and getting coffee. Now, I like I like my coffee, but I'm prepared to sacrifice one cup per day. Um, the price works out less than. I'm going to do this in traditional Patreon style. Three dollars, three euros, or three pounds. It's cheap. It's cheaper than that. Um, what more can you really say about this? I mean, it's had five star reviews across every single platform. It's recommended by professional athletes, and if you go on the website itself, you will see um, a Formula One driver that you're aware of who um, uses and recommends the product. So, to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you've got to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash Formula One, and that's F-O-R-M-U-L-A-O-N-E, just to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So that was the jump cut. (laughs) Didn't get the jump cut sound from you, Chris. Oh no, not not today. I thought I ruined the last one. No, no, no. It, it, it was it was perfect. It was spot on. I got we got compliments about that and everything. Oh no! You didn't <laughs> who tell me, who so is com- again, who is complimenting the jump cut? I don't know, but whoever it is, I I don't think we should appease them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm 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 all for making fans happy, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag more jump cuts. Like I said, this is being recorded Sunday night, so I mean, if if there's anything anything too major, doing a whole jump cut recorded on a phone in a bloody cafe. I want that. I want that iTunes review of like, yes, the podcast is very good. We like the podcast. Talked about Formula One. Really good ad placement. Well, we need we needed a break before the next thing because I think there's going to be. Um, I mean, we all needed an energy drink before the next thing because it's Ferrari. Oh joy! Oh Christ! Um, we don't need waking up. I, I don't think we need waking up, do we? Ferrari are the ones who need. Ferrari to wake up. strategist needs like an energy drink and possibly like a Ritalin or something to. I, I think all, everyone in the pit crew as well. Like, was there a good Ferrari pit stop today? I nope. don't think I saw mm-hmm. one. No. Nope. nope. Um, every every time one of them came in, uh, there was a problem. Only uh, Ferrari could start second and third with a car on pole that they were clearly faster than yep. and end up off the podium. Yeah. I said that before I left Paul and Chance today. Um, that... Ferrari had a great opportunity here. Red Bull started 10th and 11th. Ferrari started 2nd and 3rd with George Russell in front of them. And somehow they ended up on the podium of Verstappen, Hamilton and Russell. And it's not like the drivers did anything particularly wrong. I don't think there were any weird moments or spins or anything like that. Perez had a bad weekend as well. You know, so they're 
the the other guy in one of the in the car that's comparable to their car was having a bad time. Um, I think there is high speculation amongst the people who travel with Formula One, and again, this would be good to get Scarbs on to ask him exactly why. The direct the the, the floor that is is coming in the directive for the floor that's coming in in Belgium. Sergio Perez has been running that since France, which is why his performance has dropped. That's interesting. I want to say he never put... I think we're sort of slightly moving on to Red Bull before we show, but I want to say he never particularly loves Hungary. I don't think it's one of his tracks. He's only made uh, he's only made Q3 in two out of the last nine races there. Okay, yeah, that probably doesn't this, bode well. <laughs> yeah, this year he did not. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's Red Bull. But, I mean, Ferrari, I mean, yeah, I don't think Carlos Sainz did anything particularly wrong. No. Uh, I think Charles Leclerc got ahead of Sainz at the start, I think, and then they swapped again at some point during the early laps. We totally missed that. Um, and then... Yeah, I don't really understand what what happened. The first stint was fine, but they Russell started on the softs, so his tires were going to go away quicker. Uh, Ferrari started on the mediums, which you instantly think, okay, well they can push a little harder. So if they can get past uh, George Russell, George, you know, might have that slight pace advantage in the opening few laps, but his tires are going to go off really quick if he fights them. So. But but what Ferrari did was they waited till the first soft runners came in for their pit stop, and then they stopped both cars on medium tyres. Mm. And they were and they were prepared to not wait as well, weren't they? Because Sainz was given the call to come in if Russell didn't. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was do the it do was the a opposite. do the opposite. Yeah. yeah, and then Russell pitted because you know soft tyres. Yeah. And, <laughs> Ferrari didn't hang it out. That's what they was. That's what they. That's exactly what they should have done. I said this on the on, on the last pod. Give me the fucking job. I can do it better than them at the moment. <laughs> what are they doing? Why are you pitting somebody with with so much meat left on your tire and so much performance left in that that you could gain that back so much more later in the race by pushing harder on the tires you put on later. Yeah, I mean, they, if they'd looked at the data anywhere, they would have known the hard tyres were the shittest tyre to go on. But for some reason, Ferrari thought that rule didn't apply to them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what, what they what they found out in the simulations, the hards would be tricky to get up to temperature early on, um, but they were predicted to be the better tyre later. And after fifteen yes, laps, they gave up on cooler. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was twenty degrees cooler than it was. Uh, for any any sort of running or simulation, so there's no you could not get the heat into those tires. Watching on board when was it was it Lewis Hamilton was going past um, Leclerc. Um, somebody was following Leclerc very closely. Might even been Max Verstappen after he had his little spin. But the 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 the, the amount of movement in that Ferrari in and out of the corners was ridiculous. It was like watching some. It was like Bambi on ice. It was mm. it was. No car should move around that much. That that shouldn't have been an option for them to put that tyre on. And even after the first couple of laps, if it wasn't getting up to temperature, that would have been a good time to change. Not after he'd done 15 laps on that tyre. Mm. What a waste of a stint. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think there's a chance that Ferrari keep tripping over themselves because like, secretly... Oh, I don't know actually how secret secret is, but they want um, Charles Leclerc in front of 
uh, Carlos Sainz. It was one of those weekends this weekend, which feels like it's becoming slightly more regular as well, where Carlos Sainz is not only just on top of the car, but feels like he even has a slight advantage Mm -hmm. over um, Charles Leclerc. Now, do you think they're too busy trying to strategize a way to prioritize getting Leclerc ahead? That they're getting Leclerc ahead of Sainz, but at the same time destroying their own race doing it. I mean, if that is their aim, they're not doing it very well, because putting Leclerc on the hard w- was not the way to go. No, and also they, they should have called it earlier. Like, if they were mm. going to prioritise Leclerc, they should have said in the early stages of the race, Carlos, just just mind out of the way. Yeah. Um, but this is a conversation they should have had before the race. You know, we're going to prioritise Charles Leclerc to try and get as many, many points back as we can in this championship fight. They've ended up losing another 17 points to Max Verstappen in the Drivers' Championship. Yeah, 80-point gap now. Max mm. Verstappen can retire for three races and still lead the championship. Uh, he, like, and uh, don't get me wrong, this is not, like, horrible Formula 1 talk. Um, like, touch wood, it doesn't happen. He needs to hurt himself for um, Charles Leclerc to win this championship. You know, there, there needs to be something that happens that takes him out of a portion of this this the rest of the championship even then i don't think he'd catch him no probably not <laughs> probably not he yeah uh, yeah no he'd I'm end up being... my neck out here and say mercedes are now on pure maybe not in car pace but certainly in 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 mentality and strategy mercedes are now the second best team and they have been since silverstone silverstone mm. Uh, Austria may be possibly hard to t- hard to say because obviously one of them blew up and Ferrari did have a a successful race with Leclerc. But the say, France, yep, you put Mercedes ahead of Ferrari there, and the same uh, in uh, where we where were we there today? Hungary. There we go. <laughs> yeah, same at Hungary. Mercedes got another double podium. There was no Ferrari on the podium. I, I think Mercedes are, regardless of the mistake they've made building this car, as a team that works, I think Mercedes are still the best team on the grid. And and you could argue argue that the uh, Russell-Hamilton duo is the strongest lineup Mercedes have ever had as well. It's certainly working well for them at the moment. It's definitely heading that way. I mean, we're talking about Mercedes' consistency. They're the only team that have scored points in every race so far. Yep. And the only driver to score more points than Lewis Hamilton in the last five races is Max Verstappen. Uh, I mean, I know they they were quite lucky to get... uh, Lewis Hamilton got a podium, didn't he, in the first race? But if, if you'd have took that podium away and just looked at pure performance, there's no way that you would have thought Mercedes would have managed to have bagged, what, 10 podiums between the two drivers? It must be near now. Not quite that many, I don't think. But no, yeah, they've, 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 they've got quite quite a few. It's probably not far and off. Also, yeah, I mean, if you, I suppose if you include a podium, as, a double podium, as two podiums. Mm. That's, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, between the two drivers. Yeah. Ele- yeah, yeah, ele- 11. 11? Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, fair enough. But I mean, looking at the drivers' championship, this is how much Ferrari have have, have fucked it up for themselves. Uh, seventh place, Lando Norris. Okay, he's on seventy six points, and then the top six occupy the top six spots, as you might expect: the two Red Bulls, the two Ferraris, and the two Mercedes. Sixth place is Lewis Hamilton, so one place ahead of Lando Norris, and he's got more than double the points. Well, just just under double the points of Lando Norris. He's on one hundred and forty six. In fifth place is Carlos Sainz with 156. Hamilton's only 10 points behind Ferrari's second driver when Ferrari is supposed to have had this car absolutely dialed, winning races all of the time, championship contenders, and Mercedes are having one of the worst seasons they've had in well since they came back to Formula One. And that's the position that they find themselves at the moment. George Russell scored two more points. George Russell's ahead of Carlos Sainz in the championship. Mm-hmm. I think you can argue as well that uh, for the, regardless of results, Ferrari have had the best car on the grid for the most races this year. I would agree. Mm. Yeah. I would agree. I would... Just, look, just looking at it now at the top end as well, like Charles Leclerc, we, we're saying he's well out of, the, out of the running for the championship because he is um, 80 out points the behind. Out yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he he's, yeah, but he's 80 points behind. And it's just, you know, yeah. the, the, it was, we say we need a Max, Max Verstappen disaster. To stop him from becoming world champion, yeah, and but George Russell is only twenty points behind Charles Leclerc. I think yeah, that well, that was kind of what I was thinking today. I was thinking, well, if Max had, if something would have happened today, and Russell would have managed to win the race, that it, he would have kept himself in as like the the rank outsider for the championship, which I was. That's what I was kind of hoping for. I think now everyone that isn't Max is a rank outsider for the championship. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's just crazy. I don't, I just don't understand. I don't understand Ferrari. I don't understand the men- mentality of how they're going racing. Um, they, they, you know, they've they've got. Is he gone? Oh, I've I've got my criticism of Charles Leclerc, and I only believe that those um maybe not proven a hundred percent this year, but certainly not um disproven. They, like they've got two good drivers that can that, that can get a job done. They've had a good car. Like what fucking more do they want? It's the old all the gear and no idea, really, isn't it? They have mm. probably the fastest car and just no idea what to do with it. Yeah. Ferrari is a, is a, is a, is a company that sells road cars so that they can go racing. Mm. Here's a bold uh, comment, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Given you never make the, them. <laughs> given the resources that Ferrari have, uh, and the the fact that the I mean, realistically, it's kind of sponsored by the Italian government. If they run out of money, they've they've no shortage of money to plow into this team. Are they the worst team in the history of Formula One when you consider what they have? I think they are the worst value for money in Formula One. They certainly get yeah. the least bang for their buck mm. because they've got all the books and at the moment very little in the way of bang. But they do shift yeah. a lot of merch. If you want, yeah, cu- if do. you want cufflinks, <laughs> worst yeah, ACDC what, album. That's exactly what. That's exactly ties into what I just said. Then Ferrari is a, is a company that sells road cars so that they can go racing on tracks and, and, and you know make people want to buy their road cars, which then mm-hmm. funds them going racing on racetracks. This is like their, 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 their top thing. Ferrari is a big, big deal in Formula One. And, yeah, okay, they've threatened to pull out in the past. But um, 
you know, they've been ever present pretty much since the second race, I think it was, second Formula One race. Yes, they didn't turn up at the first one because of money. Yeah, and so Ferrari have been there right, right throughout, pretty much, bar one race. And, like, if you if your team can't win races, like, wh- why are you there? Like, you, you that's your sole purpose. Like, mm-hmm. your resources, you've got, you've got your own test track. You've got the money to build cars that you can sell for nearly quarter of a million, sometimes more than that. You know, and... and Everybody who drives a road car Ferrari says exactly how much they love driving their their Ferrari, and it's a fantastic car. But the race team is not a reflection of that at all whatsoever. The the race team, I mean, the, they they need clown makeup and wigs. <laughs> they do. Yeah. I'm sorry, but the pit wall needs to start wearing like colourful wigs I and mean, oversized shoes because this is. <laughs> Of, you know, this is this is just like Haas are doing a better job with what they've got than what Ferrari are doing. And Haas have got um, Haas have got next to stuff all. Absolutely. The, the only comparison, uh, which I don't think is a hundred percent a comparison, and Ferrari still win this one, um, is Austin Martin. That's the the other, and you can't even you can't say that a hundred percent for Austin Martin either because. They've still not got their like wind tunnel and facilities that they're building up and running. Exactly. The you know, new, for, the new Ferrari not have ready. it all. Yeah, they've got all of the stuff. They've got, and I, I, I think the biggest thing as well is apart from um, Adrian Newey, which they could never never manage to get their greasy mitts on, as no matter how hard they tried, they have the money to buy anybody they want, and they had it. They had the. Um, at the time, I would say the best aerodynamicist of uh, uh, barring Adrian Newey on the grid. They had it in Ellison, and they fucked it, and he left. Yeah, they completely screwed him over. Yeah, he goes to Mercedes and makes even better cars than the ones that had won the last couple of championships. Yep, yeah, yeah. It's his aero philosophy that they're following, and it's, it is strange that Mercedes are still following this philosophy that they believe long term, not this season, but they believe long term will give them more scope to upgrade and update to make the car faster than the philosophy that a lot of the other teams have chosen. Um, which, again, not saying it's right, not saying it's wrong, but Mercedes are able to pull themselves forward. They were clearly the third team, sometimes not even the third team for the early part of the season. Now they're, they're pace wise, the race pace wise, they're well up there with Ferrari and one of the Red Bulls. The astounding thing is that Ferrari have, I'm not sure that, that Mercedes have, have necessarily pulled themselves forward. They've been helped by Ferrari falling away. Mm. Yeah. Also talking of falling away, um, Bonotto leaving the pit wall well before the end of the race. That just seemed a bit strange. He came back. He did oh, did he, did he come he back? Because apparently he went yeah, to the motorhome. So he might have just needed a poo. Because mm. it, was, it, 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 it was kind of concerning. I mean, he's going to be the we next... call it in Formula 1, isn't it? Comfort mm. break. Yeah. yeah maybe, maybe he needed to find a harder surface to bang his face against. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's obvious he's going to be the next... 
just um, human sacrifice that uh, their corporate overlords make. Yeah. Who, who takes over then? Laurent Mackies? He's part of the same machine. Is he the little guy with the with the scruffy hair? With the long hair, long grey yeah, hair. Yeah. yeah, Every time he comes on television, I look and go, what the fuck happened to JK? And then suddenly realise it's a Ferrari person. <laughs> I mean, well, JK's a Ferrari person, isn't he? He's got about 20 of Maybe them. they get JK. <laughs> Maybe they put him in charge. Do you know what? At this point, it's got to be worth a dice roll. <laughs> anyone, anyone that buys F1 manager, they should have an extra mode in there. For, <laughs> Ferrari audition mode. If you get Ferrari... A world, um, either world championship within your first five seasons, you get a job interview for head strategist. No, it, you don't get a job interview. You get the job. Like, yeah. You know how they had like the world's fastest gamer. It's like world's strategiest gamer. They've and, had this um, with football manager, haven't they? There've been people who've been shit out at football manager the game that have then gone on to get interviews at real life clubs. Yeah, and it happens with sim racing. So why can't it happen with sim managing? Well, I mean, realistically, it's the same thing. The sim stuff, the the sim, the sim management game is closer to like managing something than like sim racing is to car racing. So it's got to be possible. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we've about covered everything there is to cover on Ferrari. Yeah. Do we want to get one last parting shot in? It's just embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Actually, it's a good job they wear red. Hilarious. Actually, we will get one last parting shot. And so, Mercedes, double podium. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, just before we do this, sorry, Niska, you knew we were going to talk about Ferrari in those terms. It's okay. Well, we she, have she, to. Uh, she replied to me on Twitter today, because I, I, I posted on Twitter, Twitter, because this is how I come, come up with my, my idea of like whether Ferrari might actually be the worst team of all time. Because I thought, is it the worst team on the grid? And then that developed into I couldn't think of another team that's done less with more than they have ever. Uh, so yes, yeah, she she replied to that and was saying I can't I can't argue with it. <laughs> we better move on to Mercedes. She'll be she'll be crying into a tequila. Mm. Um, yeah, second double podium on the trot. Um, they're definitely they're definitely learning learning more about how to get something out of the car. I think it's good in a circuit like that that they managed to get some heat into the tyres for qualifying because that's been a big issue for them, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They were a bit slow on that. George Russell, even though he started on the softs, was a bit, you know, you could tell it took mm. him half a lap, maybe a bit more to get the, the heat into the tyres so he could actually use those softs. Yeah. But he managed, he managed to... Uh, to well, avoid getting overtaken by either of the Ferraris at that point. Well, I think a but lot of the quali. I was going to say a lot of the problem that George had during the during the first lap and not getting the heat in the tyres was the amount of time that he was stuck on the grid before they formed up. Because mm. did you see the speed that Max did the formation lap at at first? Yeah, that was that that was a slow formation. Yeah, because um, they said that um, it was what was it? Fifty-two seconds between uh, getting to the grid it and the lights long. going out. It was long. Wow, it's yeah. a long time. You know, the- it is. But at the same time, he's got to push to get the heat in there to start with. So it's catch twenty-two. Mm-hmm. If he poodles around so that everybody else, you know, follows him, he's not going to have the heat in, and everybody else going to switch their tires on quicker anyway. So Un- unless, unless you know, you can turn your tires on a bit better than, the, than yeah. those around you. But again, I mean, the plans for what to do at the start were um, kind of all screwed over for everyone, with it being uh, that 20 degrees cooler. 
Yeah. The, but I mean, I, a great poll from George. I felt a bit sorry for him uh, during the race because I feel he's by getting pole and wanting to keep track position, you know, so they're, they're starting, starting him on the soft tire. I think it kind of, it, it, given the lack of lack of pace compared to the cars around him, that put him in the position to lose second as, as it shook out. I thought that, that that was a shame for him. Well, yeah, you got, basically Mercedes did a, did, did a reverse thing, didn't they, with, with, with either of their drivers. Obviously, Lewis had the issue with DRS in qualifying, so he mm-hmm. abandoned his, his last lap. Uh, I think it was virtual stat man, uh, Sean Kelly, said looking at what he could have done, he probably would have joined George on the front row, but we'll never know. Yeah. Um, and uh, so so Mercedes went with Hamilton, they went medium, medium, soft, and with George, they went soft, medium, medium. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it did kind of, I know what you're saying, it did kind of cost him the idea of um, going second, but it was... They were stuck between a rock and a hard place. I understand why Mercedes did that. It's just that both their cars ended up occupying the same bit of track in the closing laps, and Lewis, with the quicker tires, did did yeah. win out in the end. For a team like it was a it was a pretty excellently executed um, split strategy. You know, yes. for, to 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 have to to split strategies like that, and to essentially have your drivers finish like just in front and behind each other. Usually, when you do a split strategy, somebody gets a real sucky end of the deal, don't they? Yeah. No, I mean, again, harking back to Ferrari, oh, they're going on completely different strategies. That means one of them's right, one of them's wrong. Yeah, usually. <laughs> <It's>, no, <laughs> it means one of them's wrong and one of them's wrong. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, what Paul just said then is, is, is one of the things Martin Brundle, it's a Martin Brundle quote, I think, isn't it? It's just if you split your strategy, all you're doing is guaranteeing you're getting it wrong with at least one of your cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, to, to split the strategy was brave, but it worked out well for uh, it worked out well for Mercedes. I mean, um, I think I think in there there was a little bit of um, a little bit of wind assistance with um, certainly Leclerc having problems, or Ferrari ha- Ferrari causing Leclerc problems. Wind assistance. Um, yeah, I mean the split strategy didn't work all by itself for Mercedes getting that position. They had they had um, outside assistance. By Ferrari shooting themselves in the foot. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. As I said just just before, Ferrari falling away has helped Mercedes jump to jump into second place. Not saying that they haven't done it purely on their own pace, but I still don't think that Mercedes car is the is this. I don't think it's the second fastest, but suddenly Mercedes is now the second best team over yeah. the last few races. Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at the constructors' championship, and there's only there's only thirty points between Ferrari and Mercedes. And to be honest, that is that is. One, one or two more bad strategy races, and all of a sudden Mercedes are in second. I think Mercedes will overhaul Ferrari before the end of the season. Oh, I, um, I but have, I, I have, I have no doubt. I have no doubts that they will, because they're, they're, like that car's not going to stand still, you know, and like development-wise, um, when when you consider where they've come from in half a season to where they are to the point where. You feel they can sort of understand that car some more. I, the other thing I thought was really rich from Ferrari uh, was they were talking about the rules being changed and Ferrari were quite critical about them being changed for the benefit of McLaren and not of Mercedes and not um, safety. This, this is the floor and, again. 
Yeah, and they turned around and said, um, oh, what, what, sorry, what was it? Um, at least when we got it wrong, we just owned up to it and we uh, and we fixed the problem. Neil was like, yeah. no, 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 you got it wrong. <laughs> and then you cheated and then you were caught cheating and that's when you fucked it again. Yeah, it was. This is down to the floor. That again, I have to be be very careful on the podcast that you missed in the weekly. But it was um, allegedly it's Red Bull and Ferrari are the two teams that have taken a, a view of the of how the plank is supposed to work on the bottom of the floor mm-hmm. and are taking it a little bit liberally, you know, with the with the regulations. Um, Mercedes are saying that there's um, uh, in, in the it was conform to the intent of the regulations and Christian Horner has said there's no such thing as the intent of the regulations but so that kind of that led more fuel to fire of it being Red Bull with the floor hence why you know have they put this um, new floor on Perez's car which is why he's been out of it the last couple of races but um, yeah there's a new directive coming in for Belgium which basically everybody has to have this this, this uh, certain amount of of, of floor flexibility, which is going to be measured differently from mm-hmm. Belgium onwards. Now, the way that it's going to be measured, if Ferrari and Red Bull allegedly uh, use their early season floors and planks, they would be in contravention of this new directive, which would make their car illegal. Therefore, Mercedes are saying that they have always used this type of floor. So that's why Ferrari is saying is this benefits Mercedes because we're you know we're trying to bend the rules to what they're using. Mm, the FIA have just agreed with what Mercedes have put forward, um, or you know we think it's Mercedes because <laughs> as I say it's it's, it's very um, it's very strange and I, and I actually think that the reason the FIA haven't come out and said yes Red Bull and Ferrari have been found with this because it's a slight um, discrepancy. In, in the rules is because you can't have any sport coming out and saying, Hey, the top two guys who you've been watching all year have been cheating. Um, mm. Because, you know, it's a, uh, it's again, that's never going to reflect well. I mean, it might seem a little unfair to the rest of the teams, but it might be a bit of a leveler, especially if Red Bull's pace really is what Perez has been doing over the last two races. Mm. Uh, and if Ferrari haven't run, this new directive floor yet well they're going to learn about it when they get to belgium and it might change things it might not it may not it might improve them who knows but that's where they, that's where that whinging has come from allegedly because this none of this has been spoken about in public if or, red bull if red bull have done that and i believe like i i 100 believe that it would be something that they'd push against because if 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 they have a solution that's working better than the other cars, it can only send them back towards the other cars. That's the it's it's the natural the natural way of it working itself out. But I'm almost convinced, and I wouldn't go as far as to like whack a kidney on this or anything. But I'm almost convinced. I can hear Christian Horner in an interview uh, complaining about Mercedes engine over the Renault engine going. Well, it's not really in the spirit of the rules, is it? I'm sure he's thrown a fucking it's not in the spirit of the rules around a few times. Yeah, you always do when you're not doing, mm-hmm. when you're not winning. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is as well, we've 
it was decided, wasn't it? The way part one of the things that these rules were supposed to do was to bring the field closer together. And they've had procedures put in place, which all the teams agreed to, that if a, if a car come, is using something which is essentially, well, well, for the, for the want, want of a, a better word, isn't in the spirit of the rules of bringing the cars together, they could change it quickly on the fly without having to wait an entire season mm-hmm. for it to for it to be rectified. So that's, you know, they're doing what they kind of promised they were going to do. Yeah, because that's what we've seen in the past, isn't it, with things like the F-duct and the double diffuser and stuff like that, that yeah. it's been like, okay, well done, you've found a loophole, stop it from next year, and then everyone has yeah. that mad scramble to copy it mid-season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they um, they outlawed DAS for the following season yeah. before it had even been raced. Yeah, well, look at... Um... If they, if let's say Braun had brought the blown diffuser out now, probably would have had to change it. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's, if it's if it's only yeah, Braun and season, Toyota, yeah. yeah, if it's only Braun and Toyota that have got it, and every other team hasn't, it it would be a case of look, going to need to sort that blowing out. Yeah, either ban it or make it mandatory. Mm-hmm. And if there's only two teams out of two teams out of ten using it, then they're gonna they're gonna ban it. If the majority are doing it, it's up to the other teams to catch up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that really just leaves Red Bull. Um, Max started started 10th, changed his engine, won it. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much at a counter. A, a yeah. Good day at the office. Yeah. Uh, Perez, also, the Perez, office. Perez also with a new engine. Um, started 11th. Yep. Yes. Uh, managed to miss qualifying yesterday because again, Dan, blame Dan. <laughs> um, yeah, got, got up to fifth. Um, Perez was taking a bit of a um, bit of a bit of a slagging off from Helmut Marco about his lack of pace all weekend. Felt unfair that, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, eleventh to fifth <laughs> is is still also a very good day. It um, is, but not in not in Marco's um, Doctor Evil <laughs> COVID camp world. Mm. The standards are exceptionally like to... high there. <laughs> yeah, you you yeah. feel like turning around to him and saying, "Look, like he's he, he be happy that the other driver that's doing dead well is not just good, might be the best of his generation." Yeah, Sergio absolutely. Perez. Sergio Perez is a very good Formula One driver. Nobody's going to accuse him of being the best of his generation. No. no, I said before when I was leaving um, Paul and Chance after after the, after the race about the the helmet marker comments about oh, it seems like he's on holiday already and the summer break hasn't started yet. With Perez not being a young Red Bull driver, and you know, let's be honest, he's in his he's in his thirties now, so it's not like he's he's absolutely desperate to, to you know take over from Max when Max moves on to another team, or you know, he's not looking to be in the team leader. He knows exactly why he's there. I would, I would hope Sergio Perez would just turn around to him and go, "Fuck off, helmet." <laughs> <laughs> I think he might not do it necessarily to his face, but I don't think he'll be too like, "Oh my god, the boss said what?" I think he probably will internally be like, "Yeah, fuck off." Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just, just, just fuck off. What are you going to do? You're going to fire me? You're going to get Alex Albon back in? You're going to get Pierre <laughs> back in? No, you're not. So fucking sit down, one eye. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if he did actually say that. <laughs> The, well, I mean, anything's possible. It, like as far as we, can, uh, we know, uh, during an argument, Daniel Ricciardo told uh, 
um, what's his name, McLaren boss to go and oh, eat, eat salad. a salad. <laughs> yeah, so anything's possible. That would be, yeah, yeah. I want Netflix to film that and use it as a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was no. Um, I mean, Max only had that one moment um, with the spin, and yet he still managed to run away with it. Yeah, he did. He he, he passed Leclerc twice. Spun. <laughs> yeah, as I say, passed Leclerc, spun, and then overtook him again. And if I remember rightly, that's when Ferrari decided to put. Leclerc on those really poor tyres, which just made no sense to me at all whatsoever. Made no sense to anyone, I don't think. But um, Max Verstappen has, uh, I mean, we're big enough women today. England women's team have won the Euros, but also Max's strategist is a lady called Hannah Schmitz, who has done an amazing job with his strategy today mm-hmm. to get the pit stops right at exactly the right time. And he's praised her after the race. Uh, because he said basically I wouldn't have been able to do that without her and her strategy yeah, that's what that's what helped me win the race today yes Max Verstappen's an incredible driver yes that Red Bull is a fantastic car but if you've got Ferrari strategists running your team you ain't gonna go anywhere <laughs> so uh, once again Red Bull have had a really strong Sunday not so much on Saturday they didn't have a very good Saturday at all but they, they pulled it back on and you know on the Sunday to a win and a fifth they can't be too upset with that. No. No. Well, Helmut, Helmut Marco wants two firsts. <laughs> He's just upset. There's a there's a podium place there without a Red Bull on it. <laughs> it. Like, he he looks at a one two and thinks that's a shame. <laughs> yeah. Who put that number three up there? <laughs> um, right. Our usual um, usual rock stars and wankers. Ferrari. Uh, I was gonna. I was gonna say. I've got the. Um, I've got our um, usual rock star and wanker correspondent, Wings Triumphant. He sent. He sent his uh, suggestions through, and the, the, he usually turns out to be pretty sort of straight on. Yes, we uh, all agreed with him last week, didn't we? So yeah, uh, rock stars. Max turning a P10 quality into a win. Yes. Yes. Uh, Lewis as well. Uh, oh, we'll get into that in a minute. Red Bull in general, great strategy and pace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Hungaro ring for position swaps, where that's not usually a thing most years. Is that Hungaro ring, or is that more the weather? Um, well, and um, the regulations as well. Regulations, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, according to a tweet from Virtual Statman, uh, there were 27, 27 on-track passes last year, and I think there were actually more this time round. Wow. So, uh, but the year before um, the last major upgrades to the circuit, there was one on-track pass. That's not a classic race, is That's it? That's not a lot. Mm. Um, Mercedes for another great podium. They're, they're improving so fast. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, uh, Vettel scraping from P18 to a point. Yes. Any other suggestions for rock stars from our side? I mean, I know you said Russell, but I think Mercedes in general for um, mm-hmm. a season rescuing drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... I don't, was there anybody else that was that was particularly standout? I don't think there was. No, I, th- I think Lando, Lando for qualifying. I think his his effort to stick that McLaren fourth was kind of overshadowed by Russell getting a pole. Getting pole. Yeah, quite quite possibly. Uh, right, the wankers column. A Ferrari are first. 
Just in general. Yes. 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 Actually, what it said was just in general and for everything over the last two months. I, th- I think they're fucking stakeholders in the ra- wanker category now. <laughs> I mean, are we going to see? Um, are we going to see Gunther going off on a complete ramp one of these days, saying, you know, we could look like rock stars, but instead we look like Ferrari? <laughs> <laughs> I think they might need a new engine first, but possibly. <laughs> I'd completely forgotten as well. Wasn't there a bit where on the Sky F1 coverage that they had Benotto? on the team wall and they tried to get hold of him and he just didn't answer. Yeah, apparently he was taking another call at the time. <laughs> was it from Italy? <laughs> Probably. But yeah, he was he was the pit wall person and we just did not hear from him all race. Wow. Uh, other wankers. Rain for being a tease and arriving too late. Yeah, how pissed off are you the fact that the amount of races we see a raining paddock is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, we're back, we're back to the 2020 concept of wet Daleks. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should start uh, changing race times to right, the statistically best chance for rain during the race. It's not quite sprinklers. It's not far away from sprinklers. But if we know there's a time of day, say when we go to... Uh, like hot countries um, in Asia and stuff, you know, where like you, Malaysia. Yeah, where they, you know, where, where they try to avoid the monsoon. Yeah, let's not avoid the monsoons. Let's head towards them. <laughs> Drive into the storm. Yeah. Funnily enough, I mean, we're, we're saying this, Chris, because you you got confused with it um, with the start time, and you thought it was an hour later than it was. Yeah, and I had to. I had a lot to do before I came to watch the race. That's why I watched the race at at Paul's house because um, it was kind of. I was kind of that way anyway, and then I thought, well, I could just go to balls and then watch the race. And, <laughs> and you are yeah. on po- you are on podcast minding duty next week while we're away, so somebody you know I you am. have to you have yes. to get the keys. Um, yes. Yeah, if it had, if it had started at three, we'd have had uh, a very different last hour. Mm. Yeah, we would have done. Yeah, I mean, it, even though after the race, I mean, it looked like it rained for a bit, but then when they were doing like the the talking after the race, it wasn't that wet really was no. it no but it was enough it was enough to have made it a bit bit because it you could see it was getting slippy another inters. Uh, yeah inters it just i mean realistically as soon as they put the inters on it wouldn't have been fun it would have been those few laps where they didn't quite know what to do mm. uh next on the wanker list is the virtual safety car at the end for arriving just late enough to neutralize it and rob us of any chance of an exciting finale Mm. No, it was the right thing to do. Oh yeah, definitely. It's just it's a shame that it happened like it did. And the fourth wanker nomination, Ferrari again. They've got the incompetence needed to win a wanker award twice. <laughs> <laughs> Dedication to the bit, like you said before. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, right, Giovinazzi Participation Award. There's, there's a few. Valtteri Bottas for me. Schumacher. Mick Schumacher, yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, not his dad. <laughs> I didn't realise I had to specify which Schumacher. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Ralph. <laughs> Dave. I think he's in DTM oh. now. I think he is in DTM at the present time. Um, yeah. Basically, um, Alfa Romeo in general. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Guan Zhou was almost non-existent. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, what did uh, what did Wings say? I completely forgot until Bottas's car clunked out, and I wondered, where is that Joe? Is he still racing? 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Alfa Romeo get it. Um, obviously, the Air Miles Award for the weekend goes to Nick DeVries, who did um, FP1 and Formula E this weekend. Where is Formula Where E? Where was the Formula E? London. Yeah, it's a hop. It's a bit of a hop. Although... A few hours in it. Three, four hours to Hungary, maybe. Yeah, although, did we see, Mar- um, did we see Marcus Ericsson on the grid? I think so. I thought it was Marcus Ericsson until I remembered IndyCar had been on the Saturday, which it's not impossible for him to get there. It was some tall, blonde, slightly awkward-looking person. He did look like Marcus Ericsson. It may not have been Marcus Ericsson, shall but we, I'm pretty sure it was. Shall we see if we can find his social media and see if that clarifies? I think he's at, I don't want, I think I, he's at I Ericsson Marcus. Right, I'm I would offer to search, but I don't want to blight my search history. With he was watching F1 in what looked suspiciously like a hotel room. Unless it was perhaps a... not there then. So there, there is a Marcus Ericsson clone loose around the Budapest he area. He is in Indiana. He has posted as of three hours ago. He was in Indiana playing tennis with Christian Lungard. Was it Keanu Reeves who managed to do the MotoGP and the Formula One on the same day? When Even um, they were in separate countries, yes. separate separate continents. The um, one of one of them was in China and the other one was in Texas. So I think there's a fake Marcus Ericsson walking around somewhere. Ooh, no, no, we can't. No, we can't be having that. Um, I think that's possibly about it for um, for this week. Unless, I think so. Anybody else got anything? Unless anybody's got anything else. I know we did get a few comments no. thanking us for the um, right who the bloody hell's that then that we threw in last week when Lee wasn't around. That may return at some point. Let's not make these podcasts longer than they have to be. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we've done nearly an hour and a half. It is Sunday. Um, we're going to have a week off next week because F1's into the summer break and we're, we're having one as well. We'll be back on Tuesday the 16th and I'm going to spend the next couple of weeks trying to rustle up some guests to get on. Um, Hopefully we'll be able to get um, Scarbs, Virtual Statman and um, Alice Powell has said she'll definitely come back on the show so it would be be good to talk to her again especially after her win yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the uh, breaking Jamie Chadwick's run of wins and don't get me wrong that's an incredible run of wins. But to, to break that is incredibly impressive. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it'd be good to speak to Alice again. And hopefully Abby will come on with her if they're, uh, if they're friends again now. I think they are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would have thought so. Um, right, have a good start of summer break, and we will see you in a fortnight. We will. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.